This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends new cartridges before you run out. So you never have to think about ink. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Conditions apply. everyone, and welcome to Chapter Tactics, your 40k podcast, which focuses on playing warmer 40k competitively at all levels of the game. I'm your host, Pablo. I have the voice, Sean, with me. Thank you, Pablo. And the great Northern King, Val Heffelfinger. King of something. How you doing, Pablo? I'm doing all right, man. The, the California's burning. The summer's coming. The LVO tickets are going up today. I'm, I'm pretty happy. LVO tickets today, hey? Yeah, today, hey. Oh, so if you guys right. are listening yeah. to this, <laughs> if you guys are listening to this, pause it because we will still be here, I promise. But the LVO tickets might not be. So go on over to lasvegasopen.net, get your LVO tickets right now, and hopefully they haven't sold out by the time you guys listen to this. They move quicker than you think. I discovered ah. that to my near disastrous surprise last year. Yeah, yeah, the, and I think in general, um, as we are going to talk about, so the 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 main focal point of today's episode is we are going to hype up all the tournaments that are going to be happening in the summer, uh, because there are a lot, and they're only going to get bigger and better every summer. Um, and there's a lot for for us not only to cover, uh, but there's also a lot of tournaments for you guys to attend. Um, and it should be a really busy 40k uh, summer, I guess, season, especially with the 8th edition being around for an entire year. So yeah. we have Space Wolves and Orcs coming, um, which means I think there's only like three and codexes. Cult. And Gene Steeler Cult. So there's, I think there's only like Agents of the Inquisition and yeah. Sisters of Battle. And, so just, and like maybe Renegade Knights. Like yeah, we're down to the dregs. So th- this summer we're going to have all our codexes. Uh, 8th edition has been around for a year so it's, it's not going to be as tumultuous as last year's summer was but uh, it's really really I'm really excited, I know I know Val and Sean are um, so oh, yeah. we decided to bring to you guys uh, a comprehensive list of all the major tournaments that we will most likely be covering here on Chapter Tactics and what they're about, where they're going to be located what months they're going to be in and uh, I'll try to link as many as I can, I'll probably create like a drive doc that that everyone can see with just like links to all these tournaments we talk about because there's a lot there's you can also go to best coast pairings which which is where i think we get most of our tournaments from um you can go to best coast pairings and you can look at the tournaments there uh we're just going to talk about them because uh there's there's a there's a definite wave of 40k tournaments in the summer that i think not everyone knows about um so it's it's good for you guys to to yeah, stuff still hasn't 
it hasn't really gotten to the point where the tournament circuit is organized enough that there's like a good resource for just like what tournaments are coming up. So a lot of it is still kind of just word of mouth, which is a little awkward, but there's a lot of good tournaments out there. Exactly. Well, I mean, just to immediately contradict you there, one way I love finding tournaments is actually just through the, the official ITC list on uh, on Frontline Gaming. You just take a keyword and you just control F that and you can find stuff in your neighborhood all pretty easily that way. Sure. Yep. It's... I won't say it's worthless. Uh, I just, it's not the most robust of uh, things because there are tournaments that aren't ITC. I know that's a, sure. a shock to people on the West Coast a lot <laughs> of the time, but there are non-ITC tournaments out there that are still good to go to. Or uh, certainly uh, events that don't say they're ITC on the on the that too, page because yeah. apply for their token until way too late. Right, and then yes. there's also, exactly, there's also events that haven't put their event out on the ITC list yet right now. Uh, for, yeah. for example, the Hammer of Wrath GT in Southern California down here. Um, Shame. Probably, yeah, <laughs> they're not they're not on the BCP app. Uh, but th- there there are a lot of events, and um, and we're we're gonna try and be as comprehensive as possible. And also, one final thing, I really want to talk to you guys about the Imperial Knights Codex. Uh, so we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later. I have the book. It's it's a really I really like it, and I've I've had it for a while because we, we Frontline Gaming we get a little access it access to it early you know because all the stores get it early so we can cover it and stuff um but now it's the it's up for pre-order now and we can talk about it finally so actually i was noticing all the youtubers had uh <laughs> had a beautifully painted valiant knight so you guys must have had them for had it for a long time like that kit must have come along with all the harlequin stuff i gather not that you can but, confirm or deny this, but I, yeah. I just thought it was kind of funny how everyone had a perfectly brand new... Like, there's at least three or four Valiants on YouTube right now. Yeah, Some of those folks just jump on it, like, in three days, poured up, paint up a gorgeous night. But I'm sure some of them also get it a little ahead of time. Oh, yeah, these are the hooked up dudes. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's good that GW does that. It's good that GW hooks up the, the YouTubers and media outlets um, with new stuff products to hype up because... Uh, you know, it's just, just good marketing. It's it's they haven't really. I don't think they did anything like that in the past. No, I'm not 100% it's one sure. of it's one of the big changes that I really appreciate that they've kind of they've turned a corner on. Like they finally realized that promoting their product rather than like the fifth and sixth edition where they were like working as hard as they could to prevent leaks of any kind from happening, and. And suing that doesn't help it any. It's like it's so much better for things if you do just, you know, promotions and previews and build that hype rather than just like we put an article in White Dwarf about next month the codex is coming out. But who the fuck reads White Dwarf these days? Much less when it was weekly. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And it was that. That's what they attempted to do. Anyway, all that that's all big aside because that harpoon is sick. (laughs) Harpoon on that thing. Yeah. I. I, that harpoon is hilarious, but there are going to be so many sad people when they shoot that thing. <laughs> so I rolled ahead. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, you whiff it or roll a one on the wound roll or whatever it is that just like they are. They're one gigantic harpoon, and they're like, "Oops, pass my five up in vuln." That uh, that uh, happened actually on the. I'm a big table talk tactics fan. Oh and yeah, they, their, they they he always does you know the 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 night of release he'll always drop a, a battle report and he had the knights up and he mm-hmm. missed three turns in a row he rolled a one for the the <laughs> missile and then oh yeah he, when he finally got in a range he hit with the harpoon 
and then of course uh, Morty rolled his his four up in vault. So yeah, that is exactly what happened, Sean. Yeah. Anyways, let's uh, let's let's talk some tournaments, gentlemen. Yeah. All what right. We got. Uh, so, um, I guess we can we can organize this into one of three ways. We can talk about it uh, chronologically. Uh, we can talk about which I don't. I'm not a hundred percent prepared for, so to speak. Um, but I can definitely do it chronologically. We can also talk about it, uh, basic basically just you know round table. Everyone name a tournament until we run out. Um, which is mm-hmm. kind of what I'd like to do, and then I, finally, I think that's a uh, solid way to go. Yeah, uh, we can we can split it up ITC and non ITC. All the ones I have to talk about are ITC, so that's probably not going to work as well on my end. We want to just <laughs> roundtable it. Yeah, let's just roundtable it. All right. Start so us lucky, off, Bob. L- lucky for oh, all fine. I'll, I was going to roll a random die. Um, oh no, you know, no, no! I've been You're in the a host. Pathfinder mood. <laughs> all right. Um, so, <laughs> oh yeah, Pathfinder so, two coming out this summer. Oh yeah, we we've been um, we've been helping out Paizo a little bit with playtesting it. Um, nice. I know Reese and Frankie are looking about getting in, looking about getting into Pathfinder. Um, that's cool. I I anyways we don't need the segue. I could talk about Pathfinder for days. Yeah, um, that's for our other podcast. Uh, class tacti- tactics. Class uh, tactics. A totally <laughs> different subject. Um. So you guys are for- like way over my head right now. <laughs> I just know I, about I, toys and. Have you dice. never role played? <laughs> Tabletop role played before Val. I have never tabletop role played. What? Oh, nope. and I feel man. like you'd be so good at it too. Not even out of a matter. It's not a matter of principle. I just have only so much room in my life for for these types of things. Oh, and it's all forty k. I think I think we should have a special chapter tactics episode where we just role play something oh, with all four of us. Fantastic. We do dark heresy like that other. Uh, I always name drop podcast, but yeah, there's I've, I've listened to people doing. Uh, doing uh role play stuff i think mm-hmm. it, i think it's kind of amazing it's, okay it's a it's a lot of fun you should try it sometime if you get a chance <laughs> if, if the few listeners want us to do this i, I would love to um let Ooh. us know if, if enough of you guys if enough of you guys say you want a chapter tactics host role playing session or two uh well i'm sure we can get that together i know jeff would probably be down oh yeah i i would absolutely volunteer to gm a little bit of that Ooh. all right so on track Bam. tournaments what do you got? i would like to hype up the frontline gaming tournaments specifically the bay area open also as we said the las vegas open tickets are on sale today uh the the frontline gaming tournaments are, are they're they're getting massive right so we actually had to downsize the bay area open uh because the venue asked us not to put so many people in the in the um in the store um, but, yeah. we, you know, we were looking into, like, putting tables outside with tents, um, and we still, you know, have room for 200-ish players. Uh, I think I think we're going to cap it at 180, but uh, we might go to 200. The point is, is that the SoCal Open looks pretty big, uh, the Las Vegas Open number projections are huge, and the Bay Area Open, which was recent Frankie's first tournament ever, that, you know, they always like to talk about how they started it in a barn um, with like base, essentially next to a quinceanera with like a pizza party or something, right? Like like a hundred Costco pizzas or whatever, whatever yeah. they say. Uh, and it's actually shrunk, and it's act, or not, it's grown and then shrunk. Um, but it's now our like third largest tournament, um, which is saying something because you know our first two tournaments, our two largest tournaments are two hundred plus people and f- almost five hundred people. Um, so 
the Bay Area Open is going to be this summer. It's going to be in July. It's going to be in Northern California. I, I highly suggest you guys come out. It's it's uh if if you want to meet all the best players on the West Coast, I I would go to the Bay Area Open. I I feel like it's always a really competitive tournament, and if and it's got that cool West Coast you know meta vibe um, with a lot of chaos players, a lot of Astro Militarum players, um, and then a lot of really weird random off the wall lists that that I think people tend to enjoy. Yeah, Oops, sorry. God, Have no. they ever uh, thought of uh, making it more than five rounds? Mm, they've we. It's kind of always been a tradition to do five rounds at the BAO because it's a two-day tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And Reese, in, Reese in particular, um, is is a, a what's what's the word I'm looking for? Um, a wimp? Lazy? No, uh, no. Okay. I think that's the one. <laughs> maybe, maybe not lazy. Um, but but no, he's just he's just always liked the idea of of ending a tournament at five o'clock on Sunday and then doing the award ceremony and then like being a home by like 10 o'clock or yeah, nine I get o'clock, that. you know, it's, it's, it's real hard on you guys to be there until nine, 11 o'clock at night or whatever, cleaning everything up and putting it away and driving home and all that. Yes. Yeah. So, so um, it's definitely not laziness on his part. I was just joking, but uh, it, it's always been the tradition to do five rounds. And for some reason, the Bay Area Open, it's always worked out. It's um, we've only ever had at you know at most like two undefeateds. Um, but every time people talk about the Bay Area Open, they're like, oh, you guys are gonna be, you guys are gonna have mathematically four undefeated players, and it's not gonna be fun. And then every year, just magically works itself out like my favorite was the one when when matt matt rue and um and oh man i can't believe is the guy with the necron the necron eldar that that he's all over the place oh um uh, who was that because that was shoot. three years ago this was, was three years this years was in ago. seventh edition okay was, yeah this was when matt root was was going ham on the the itc championship yeah god yeah, because um, they they basically took each other out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Andrew, I think it was Andrew Johnson. Anyways, essentially, um, there were three undefeateds left by the time we got into round five, and Brandon Grant was the lowest point of the two. So it was basically um, Matt and his opponent duking it out on the top table, and Brandon needed both of them to tie, and then he needed to win his game against Matt Shuckman, um, which which he did do, and then and then um, Andrew and Matt tied and then brandon was like woo and it was it was really <laughs> cool it was all it all happened within minutes of of everything i think actually brandon was playing i don't think he was playing matt shuckman i think he was playing um carlos kaiser i, I think it was, it was carlos a kaiser. finish I, I remember the uh the podcast after that pretty fondly and that was the that was the huh. rise of brandon grant yeah yeah that, that yeah. was sort of the the moment where he, and then he just went on like got caught on fire and went crazy for the rest right of just year. won a ton of tournaments that year yeah Oh, all right. So the Bay Area Open, July, Northern California and San Jose. Uh, I think Game Castle. Game Castle is the name of the store. That's yeah. Castle spelled with a K. Uh, so check it out, guys. Uh, it's a tournament. You're definitely. It's definitely fun to fly out to. Um, it's located right in the heart of Silicon Valley. Um, so what we usually do is we get an Airbnb in Silicon Valley in the area. And then uh, it's usually a really nice neighborhood. We'll go to the Bay Area Open, and then we'll go back to our Airbnb and just walk around and enjoy the beautiful restaurants and scenery. So, for for all of those of you who are paying very close vocal attention, Silicon Valley is the sexier version of Silicon Valley. There's um, oh, it's, sil- it's, sil- it's, it's pretty silicon, hot. 
silicone. Yes. It, it is in Silicon Valley, not Silicon Valley this year, right? Yeah, something like that. Because uh, if not, I'm going to have to uh, drop my ticket and uh, you know, you know what? maybe not be you that know, interested. You, you, you know what, Sean? Sil- Silicon Valley is the meta way to say it. Ah, Same. you got me there. <laughs> All right. burn, Pablo. <laughs> You're rolling double penetration on that one. Guys, this is Chapter <laughs> Tactic 69. How appropriate. Ah, <laughs> nice. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. But, um, you know, You know what, Sean? Um, why don't you step up to the plate, huh? Why don't you, right. it's your turn to mispronounce a, a city name and hype up a uh, tournament? The, the Boise Cup? No, the Boise Cup. Uh, coming up here pretty soon, end of June. Um, a major tournament, and unless something goes disastrously wrong, but not expecting it. We're looking at probably 60 people. Uh, and right out in Boise, where you'd expect it. Uh, run by our own Captain A, as well as a number of the other uh, local folks uh, from the Battle Hosts and a few other uh, celebrities of various stripes in the, the podcasting and Warhammer world. Uh, but a pretty good-sized tournament out here on the West Coast. And kind of, you know, one more thing to tack on, because like when you talk about majors, it's usually talking about BAO, SoCal, LVO, Adepticon, WarGamesCon, but... You'd be surprised at how many other majors there are hiding around that a lot of people yeah. just don't know about. Um, and unfortunately, Boise Cup is currently sold out, but there's probably going to be a couple drops and there is a waiting list coming up. So for those of you who are somewhere up in the Northwest area and are looking for a nice big tournament to test your medal at, keep an eye on the Boise Cup because you may be able to sneak your, your ticket in here in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. The, the Boise or oh, go ahead, Val. Or well, I was I was just gonna say that I learned that Boise is not in the Midwest. It is damn near the West Coast. I, yeah, you said that. I was like, what the really hell are you far? talking about? Yeah, I was wow. I was just about to say that is um because it's so close to the the Northwest meta. Um, you've got like the Mugu Legion guys. Uh, they they'll mm-hmm. probably go to the Boise Cup. I don't know if they've signed up. I haven't checked the roster yet. There's um, a fair number of them. I don't think like the whole legion is going, but you right. know, there's more than a few names in that uh, hat already. Yeah. So, so the Boise Cup draws from Northern California, uh, Cor- Coronado, Colorado, not Coronado, <laughs> Colorado, uh, Seattle. So basically that area, and then it, sometimes they draw people over from the Midwest, uh, which obviously has a very, very, very popular, you know, group of 40k players. Uh, Michigan, maybe as far as Michigan, I imagine. Um, Mm-hmm. So it, it should be a really big tournament. It should have a, a really interesting crowd of people. Yeah, there's that, a lot of good names uh, already signed up for it. If you just kind of glance over it in the BCP app, uh, you can see there's going to be some real tough competition going there. Right on. All right, Val. You got any tournaments you want to talk about? Absolutely, I do. Well, now that since we're up in the uh, the northwest. Um, this one's a bit late in the summer, but I will still plug it anyway. It's the Attack X, uh, Tabletop Wargaming Expo, uh, September 14th through 16th in Kamloops, BC. This one uh, actually got to major size, uh, last year, um, and, uh, it's run by some really good guys. Kamloops is sort of like, uh, in, in the interior of British Columbia, um, so it would be within striking distance for anyone up there going out to Boise or, uh... Or up near Portland. Okay, and th- this is in September. Yeah, it's, it's it, not quite the summer. 
Well, it, I think it's before so. the it's it's before the uh, autumnal equinox. So yeah, still, yeah, so it's, it's still the summer. Yeah. I mean, I, we're, we're going to talk about Nova, which is which is going to be my next tournament that I'm going to hype up. Um, mm. But we're going to talk about Nova, and that's in the summer. And I think the TACX is like the same day as Nova, or the same weekend. I think it was uh, the last year. Nova's usually well, we can get there early. Get there, but no, it's usually Labor Day weekend. I thought. Oh, I think you're right. Mm-hmm. I I just I remember talking about TACX um, with you. TACX had uh, the. And the reason why it popped in my head when you guys, when I was looking up, looking at this map here, uh, was um, it, it had a guy who won with orcs last year. Yeah, that's that's why I remember it's, that one. That's because I, I remember talking about Attack X. Yes, and uh, he had a, um, a like a Godzilla creature with a uh, outrageously large phallus on his army list. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> still, still, uh, still able to find that episode sixty nine guys. Yep, no, we gotta keep it keep it on theme here, but yeah, just uh, Kamloops is actually really not that far from like Seattle and Portland. You guys can get up there, right on. Yeah. Check that out, guys. Late late summer, late 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 summer. Late summer. All right. Uh, speaking of uh, late summer, the the Nova Open, and actually, I kind of want to talk about the big three tournaments, um, other than the Bay Area Open that we're gonna see, um, in the summer, and that's the the Nova Open. The ATC and the ETC. I want, I want to throw them all in there. Uh, there are tournaments that that we don't need to go into too much detail on, um, but they they are very very important. They will shape essentially the the meta for leading into the the winter and fall season leading up to the LVO, right? It, it always happens every year. ATC ETC, especially ATC or um, excuse me, especially ETC this year uh, because they're they're changing up their their spam their their spam lists I guess um so you'll see a lot more like really hardcore competitive etc style lists um but there'll be actual lists that that people will want to run and will be feasible in running in the itc format because they'll be following that detachment limit one um, thing uh, one thing to consider too though is actually like we have I'm not sure we're gonna see space wolves and orcs in time really for the summer I might be wrong but I suspect there'll be more of a fall thing. So we have a stable meta from pretty much now, like the release of Knights up until the next big FAQ, which is supposed to be right after Nova in September. So really all this stuff that we see, you know, this is kind of like its own little segment of the of the 40k year before it all gets... I mean, maybe the next FAQ isn't as big of a deal as the last one, but, you know, there's definitely the potential that things get turned on their head, and then we get a chapter approved a few months after that, so... This is kind of a neat calm where everyone will be able to actually sort of react in a sort of even playing field to what's actually being developed and, and seen out on the tournament scene. But after September, I don't know, all, all bets will be kind of off. Yeah, I, that, it's interesting that you say that because um, as I've been saying since the FAQ dropped uh, earlier this year, I, th- I still think that that will be the biggest FAQ, uh, or I guess in terms of uh, changing the tournament landscape, I still think it'll be the most impactful FAQ this year, and that's including chapter approved. Um, I, I just I don't see any major changes to eighth edition that they need to do, uh, other than maybe overhauling terrain um, and then points adjustments. But like 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 you said, Val, we don't know. Um, and then I, the Space Wolves and the the Space Wolves Codex and the Orcs Codex, um, I, I think they I think that they they should rush it out for summer. Um, maybe not. Because they might take Age of Sigmar might take over the summer like it has in yeah, the past. You got a new so, edition, right? So I mean, right? Yeah. It might 
I mean, maybe they put, maybe they slide Space Wolves in there and like a like an August or a July, but I, I feel like Orcs are going to be a, a big splash release. I don't know. I got, I got. I hope so. I got a good feeling about it. So we'll, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. The, I mean, they can really only do it two ways. They can either rush it out in between Age of Sigmar releases um, with no new models, no new units, uh, or or make it a big deal after the summer, after their Age of Sigmar summer. Well, yeah. that's um, the Christmas one, window. One thing to kind of think about is if you look at the releases of 8th edition so far, a lot of the, the codex drops have been model-less. Um, yep. it's, it's actually the exception to have any new models coming out with yep. a codex. Yeah. So I, I don't think it's implausible to say that both Orcs and uh, Space Wolves make it out by, before the fall. I'm not sure I would expect both of them, but I would certainly say one of them. Yeah, yeah, you know, I think Harlequins, uh, maybe not Harlequins. Uh, who 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 were the codexes that were announced at uh, Adepticon? Do you guys remember? Um, I think they I think they announced Death Dark Watch, Eldar, Death Watch. Yeah, that was uh, it. Would have been Harlequins, Death Watch, and Knights. At, yeah, at Knights. Adepticon. Yeah, I guess yeah, yeah it would have been would have been uh, yeah. Because, yeah, yeah, Harlequins so, were on the list, because that was their, yeah, their big the clown. Pre, the, the three before were Necrons, Tau, and Dark Eldar. Yeah. You know what? They announced Necrons at Adepticon, because I remember they, they no. announced the, the cool the cool new Necron guy with the with the, the scarabs they coming out of his butt. They announced Forgebane, maybe. They did uh, announce ne- Forgebane. Ne- Necrons were... Uh, they, they were the LVO release. That was the LVO announcement. Necrons, oh, Tau, yeah, shoot. Eldar. Yeah, they, yeah. Were, they announced Forgebane. Yeah, these up, these releases are rapid fire. <laughs> yeah, they really are, which... <laughs> Honestly, I love, I'm glad that they're getting, like, all the books out, and, like, it's looking like we may have every codex before the end of the year, or functionally every codex. Pretty close, yeah. And there's also the spoiler, yeah. like, surprise drop of, like, something fancy and new, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. no one really saw Custodes coming. Mm-hmm. So, who knows? Speaking who knows? of... <laughs> Speaking of um, releases, um, here's a here's a little cool year year uh, year anniversary. Um, on this day today, we're recording on June third. Eighth uh, edition was announced um, for pre-release, yeah. and then eighth uh, edition was released on the seventeenth of June. So it has been one year since GW officially announced eighth edition and and made it a pre-release. And um, if any of the guys at Best Coast Pairings are listening. Please, God, give us some more data so that we can say your name over and over and over again and talk about one year of 8th edition with some cool data and have a lot of fun. Please, God, give us some data. Yeah, and I just, <laughs> I just like to look at, at tournament attendance, at least. Oh, that that would be that'd be a good number. through the roof, yeah. Like you were, I mean, just to sort of bring us back to tournaments for a hot minute, like you were talking about how um, there's some sneaky majors out there. Was that Sean? Um, yeah. And that's so true. Like it's almost, it's almost getting to the point where it's uh, maybe we gotta think about raising the bar for majors because there mm-hmm. are a lot of tournaments that would have been, you know, squeaking into the GT level that have all exploded well into the majors, major size, which is super yeah. cool and awesome. Yeah, you're seeing like I'm looking at like there's potentially four majors in the next three months that I might go to, which is just like that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, and it, just to give you guys a little perspective, uh, a major of fifty-two players, right? Um, or at least, I think it's a, I think it's like four, 50, fifty-six, eight, or fifty-six. Well, yeah, I, I, either either way, it's in, in the fifties, 
And when I first started four or five years ago ish, um, a fifty person tournament was was like huge. That was that was a yeah. That was a big tournament. That was like a an LVO size tournament. Like that was huge. Um, and now yeah. obviously fifty man tournament is something you see almost monthly. Um, yep. It, locally oh, too, like within monthly. driving distance. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, and if I can uh, ride off that, when I first started back at uh, you know early fifth edition, uh, I went to T Shift, which is the was the biggest tournament in the Northwest at the time. All right. Uh, and it was like forty to sixty people a lot of years. Uh, it has broke a hundred several times uh, in the last few years, uh, at least for their major event, and that's only been going up from there. So, so is yeah. T Shift back because it was it was gone. For it a is. While. It missed a year basically because the guys running it have a real life, and you know, right. like getting married and starting a career and a political career and all this kind of oh, cool. bites into that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but it is coming back again this July 14th and 15th. That was one of the other uh, events I wanted to highlight. Is Great segue. Why don't we do it? Yeah. Um, if you're in the Northwest, you maybe think about coming out to T-Shift. Uh, you get some good food. You got a nice big tournament with a great venue. You're getting a lot of great players. Some of the best terrain in any of the tournaments around here. You're not going to have to worry about any of this London GT bullshits. Um, oh, no. <laughs> they, hey, I'm I'm just calling them like I see them. Uh, T-Shift has, in the past like four years, gotten more terrain added every year. They've really built their tables up to the point where they are not just 8th edition functional, but in a lot of cases pretty good looking. Um, so... It's an event I've been going to for quite a while, and I've pretty much always had a great time at it. I would strongly recommend it to anyone who can make their way to Seattle and is looking to hit something that is probably going to be a major most of the time. Yeah, and, and best of all, if you win or if you're lucky in your raffle, you can get cruise tickets because that's their prize is a, a wargaming cruise with a whole bunch of other nerds, which I believe this time around is going to be in Florida. The last one was up badass. to Alaska. Yeah, but, and yeah. If if you guys want to Google that, it's not T, like like yeah. like like T dog. It's not like it's T T S H F T. Uh, T S H F T. Yes, the T-S-H-F-T. Seattle Heart of Fire tournament is what it was yeah. originally came out of. Yeah, so uh, so it's an acronym. So it's don't yes. don't yeah. Uh, and uh, the first time I tried googling, it, I had no idea. Uh, I think it was on Facebook actually. I couldn't find it. I, I didn't know what to type. Um, because I thought T shift was a, a lot more catchy than the Seattle Heart of Fire tournament. I it really is, They've and that's kind of why they stuck with it. Choice. Yeah, um, but uh, but yeah, definitely go to T shift. Uh, we we've had a lot of really like uh historic you know matches matchups from T shift. I've never actually been to T shift. Um, but every time oh, it yeah, happens, true. It's always it's always there's always seemed to be <laughs> something really cool or crazy to happen at the end. Like uh, I, I think I remember one time Reese. Lost the raffle or lost the, like the final table to win the raffle or to win the ticket for Cruise Hammer, and then he mm-hmm. won it in the raffle, I think, that, or something like that. That was the year that of the uh, four cruise tickets that were given away, uh, I took best general for one of them. Um, I think it was Jeff took best painted. It was one of the other. Uh, 
guys in Team Zero Comp. Yeah, and, and then, then and oh no, then Frankie Reese... won best painted, and Reese won the raffle tickets. Yeah, and that the was funny. organizer of the tournament is also one of the uh, Team Zero Comp guys. So it hmm. was just about the shadiest looking thing in the whole world. Hmm. It was really funny. <laughs> it was, <laughs> um, and then they all got together and nerfed Tao. Uh, yes, oh, that no. was what we did on the boat. Was we? That's we why they went to international waters. Forward. Yeah, they went to international <laughs> waters, so that way there could be no breach of any sort of laws. Just a brilliant. cigar, smoky cigar room, back room deal, uh, nerfing Tau. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was the start of it, guys. You heard it here first on Chapter Tactics. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, moving on um, to uh, How about some major majors? the Midwest, the the Flying Monkey GT. Um, in Wichita, oh, yeah. Kansas, uh, on June 23rd, we got we've I've been talking I've been putting it up on the commercials. Um, for, for those of you who may not know, it's that commercial uh, that goes on on Chapter Tactics where there's like battle scenes and it's kind of hard to hear the guy talking and he's like, "And now welcome to the Flying Monkey GT," something like that. I, don't, I can't emulate it. Um, that's the Flying Monkey GT. They are a sponsor of Chapter Tactics. Uh, they paid for uh, an advertising slot. They're a great group of guys, and they're part of the Midwest or the um, yeah, the Midwest G or uh, what, what's that? I, I I just said it last week. The the Midwest GT circuit. Um, I, oh, I forgot the um, what I've been calling them. The yeah. Midwest. Anyways, it's it's a group of tournaments in the Midwest. Uh, the Flying Monkey GT is one of them. The Michigan GT, the Renegade Open, the Iron Halo, uh, the Midwest Conquest. All of these tournaments are tournaments um, that are part of that Midwest TO group. Uh, and they basically support each other consistently. Like uh, the Iron Halo, I think, had like 20 tables that were all donated from various other tournaments um, who brought tables to the Iron Halo so that they could have tables. Uh, and, and they just did it, right? So that's that. that's just something that that you need to consider when when you're running a tournament in the Midwest. If you got if you want to run a tournament, you know, hit up those guys. Um, but go to the Flying Monkey GT. Uh, those guys are awesome. If um, listen to the Flying Monkey podcast, also uh, there's some hilarious and stories and, and 40k talk there with Bam Bam. Um, it should be a big event. They're they're already gonna hit convention status. So if if you if you uh, get if you wait up on your ticket and they sell out, so I think they're already sold out. Um, you can still yeah. go, and it's still convention with vendors and other events. Um, so it's not just a tournament; it's it's a con. So it's the Flying Monkey Con, I guess is what mm-hmm. you call it. So check yeah, that out, June twenty third. Whole suite of events going yeah. going on. Yeah. So so uh, run run by the Flying Monkey guys. Yeah, absolutely. It's one I've been wanting to go for to for a while here, but every it keeps end up being just at the wrong date or whatnot. So. Unfortunately, I've had to miss it pretty much every year so far. Maybe next year. All right, I'm going to dive in there. We got one. Uh, this one's coming up hot and fast. So, you, Upon listening to this, you're going to have only a few more days to get it done to get there because it's actually next weekend, uh, June uh, 9th and 10th. I mentioned it on a previous show. It's the Beef and Wing. Oh, um, uh, yeah. Being hosted. Uh, Beef and Wing Brawl just outside of Niagara. Sorry. Well, actually outside of both Buffalo and Niagara Falls. Uh, they're up to 65 players. I believe there's still room. I think they can still do it. Um, it's uh, it's at you know in a, in a nice hotel near near the uh, U, U Buffalo campus. Uh, they got a very large room. They apparently have got some excellent terrain lined up. It's hosted by some guys who've been doing this for a long time. So I'm very very excited for that one. We'll be running some towel. It's the the beef and wing beef and wings tournament. 
Beef and Wing Brawl. It actually has a really beautiful website. I believe Dave Koska knows how to how to do like graphic design and stuff. I I want you guys actually over at Frontline to take a look at their pack because they kind of cleaned up the formatting really nicely. How dare you, Val? Our format is perfect. (laughs) You should steal it. You should steal it. This is a beautiful. Got the primary. They got the primary, primary and secondary uh, objectives for the ITC missions on one page. Hey, that's nice. Huh? Huh? Yeah. Uh, no. Anyway, it's a, it looks look, looks like a really good time. I'm really happy that they've gotten their numbers up, and uh, can't wait till next weekend. That's cool. yeah, yeah. The the beef and wing brawl. Yeah, you were right about their their website, Val. It is a beautiful piece of work. It's tight. Who'd think? Who'd think something so nice could come out of Buffalo? <laughs> <laughs> hey All right. Old. All right, Sean. Got another tournament for us. Um, you already hit BAO. That's the other big one I'm doing for the summer. After that, uh, I think my next big one is not till, uh, Harvester of Souls in September. I guess we're counting September at this point. Yeah, uh, like, like mid-September, mid yeah, to early September. Before the 21st of September. Oh, no. dang, it's the 22nd. I'm out. We'll make an exception. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, yeah, Harvester Stol- Souls out in Spokane, Washington, uh, run by uh, Bob at uh, this little store there. I shouldn't say little, it's actually a pretty good-sized store. Uh, he's been doing two GTs or majors a year for a long time now, the Harvester in the fall and uh, Storm Silence in the spring. Um Harvester is the kind of, like, a little bit more wacky one. There's a custom mission on every single table. It waits a little bit more on on uh, some of the soft scores and that sort of thing. But still, a bunch of really strong competitive players are usually showing up there. A lot of them with gorgeous-looking armies. Um, so if you're looking for some more events to kind of test your metal at and play some good people, don't skip it just because it's, it's billed as this kind of... Uh, slightly goofy uh, narrative tournament. It is still a full-up tournament that you are going to have to put some teeth into to win. Yeah, and, and last year, actually, they, they hit 60 players last year, so there's no reason they shouldn't hit more than 60 this year. Um, yeah. But they had they had Mason Moore, who's one of the best work players in the, in yep. the U.S. Uh, Colin Sherman, that was his rookie year um, when he joined the mm-hmm. Mugu Legion. Uh, he, he, won, he won the event. Um, and I think they also had some other Mugu Legion guys. I think J.P., yeah. Ben Cromwell. Yep. Um, the Mugu is a uh, a regular at the Harvester and Storm, and you'll see a lot of other guys from kind of around the area as well. You know, basically, yeah. it's one of the big Northwest tournaments that a lot of the folks from from Armada are coming out to. Yeah, yeah. So check that out, especially now that uh, I think Mugu Legion. Um, we're going to be mentioning them a lot. I feel, um, but they're really stepping up uh, their their game as a team. Um, so I think they're going to start producing really interesting, you know, lists and also results. Um, and so any any area in any basically any tournament in the Northwest, um, you'll probably see the Mugu Legion guys, and um, you'll probably see some some good lists. Uh, so so keep keep those on your radar. Um, I want to talk about the uh, big Austin tournaments. We haven't actually gone south yet, uh, but there, let's talk there about are War Games. So Con. many Texas. Yeah. GTs I'm noticing on this list. It's crazy, actually. There are. There, there are a lot. The biggest is uh, War Games Con. Um, so War Games Con has 127 available spots left still. Um, but it's 
in on in on August seventeenth, so it's still a little ways away. Um, but it's always a big event. It it's um kind of kind of it, it kind of took. I don't want I don't want to say a little hit because it, it was still a success last year. Um, but it it kind of it was one of those tournaments that fell by the wayside when eighth edition was announced. Um, which actually happened to a lot of tournaments, which is very very unfortunate. Um, but anyways, I expect WarGamesCon to come back with a vengeance this year. Uh. There, it should be a lot bigger. The Texas scene is is huge. You got a lot of phenomenal players in Texas. Um, someone, if anyone should just go to WarGamesCon and just uh, dethrone Goat Boy. And actually, <laughs> actually, I think Jeff won last year, so never mind. Um, but go beat up on Goat Boy, for sure. If there's any reason to go to WarGamesCon other than beautiful armies, beat up on Goat Boy. Um, but I, basically, long story short, as I expect WarGamesCon to be one of those tournaments. Um, that that hits over 100 people that really surprises us um, with what kind of meta we would see. Um, so yeah, just keep that in your radar. It's one of those sneaky majors we were talking about. Like a lot of people forget about it when they're talking about the big events, but mm-hmm. it's actually huge. It's a like, big event. 150 people is not a small tournament. No. So War Games gone. War right, Games gone. Over to Simon again. Uh, Val again. Uh oh. Uh-oh. Oh, a little, little real name slip there for the uh, little Easter egg for the folks who've lasted this long. Anyway, <laughs> um, what am I going to go to now? I'm going to go to, um, oh, I wanna, I'm going to plug it twice, uh, TGX, the Tabletop Gaming Expo um, that's happening here in Toronto, um, uh, July 20th to 22nd. Uh, they've got room for 80 players. Uh, last year, we almost hit GT, didn't quite get there, which was really heartbreaking because I really threatened a lot of people to get that num- those numbers up. Um, so we're uh, we're looking forward to having it um, pretty pretty large scale Warhammer 40k GT going on right here in in Toronto, in, in Toronto, which is Canada's largest city. It's like a real big boy city. It's awesome. Of course, uh, as a result, it's actually not quite in Toronto. It's by the airport in a place called Mississauga, but I won't bore you all with the details. You're going to want to fly in. You want to come to the Tabletop Gaming Expo at the Sandman Convention Center, Mississauga, Ontario. Again, July 20th to 22nd. You can get more information at TabletopGamingX.com. That's TabletopGamingX.com. I'll be there, of course. If, if we go... Can we can we stay at your house, all of us? Yes. Can we stay okay. in your bed? Uh, well, I've already no touching. No. Just in the same bed. <laughs> it's a king bed, so I mean, oh, you get oh. in there. It's just I don't, I don't know how I don't know if the, I don't know if, if, if Mrs. Heffelfinger would would, would appreciate. I'll just curl up at much. the foot of the bed. It'll be fine. I, I imagine That's Mrs. The Heffelfinger uh, oh. as like like a combination of like Lagatha from from the show Vikings and um <laughs> and. Like like uh, one of, one of the Starks, <laughs> I guess just Lagatha and and I'll go with Arya. Like I just imagine just no, the, was, the name. Is I was I was thinking Kath. I was thinking uh, you know one Catelyn? of the matriarchs, Catelyn or no uh, no way. Yeah, Velza 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 young a young hip dude. You know, I so, could be whatever Arya's whatever like your imagination Oh, you're right. You're right. I, I I was going for the for the youthful whimsy and Lagatha, but you know what? I'm okay. I'm imagining a, a Viking queen. You were going Mrs. for the youthful whimsy and murder. Yeah, 
Uh, yeah. Haven't you ever yeah. watched Game of Thrones? That's basically <laughs> where you're going if you pick any of the young characters. Youthful whimsy and murder. Just yep. murder, straight murder. Like, steal people's faces so that they could murder more efficiently. I don't think that's what Mrs. Hevelfinger's all about, but, you know, uh, maybe I don't know. Have you ever seen her change her face? <laughs> Every morning. <laughs> there you go. Every morning. There yeah. you go. It's true, actually. It's all yeah. coming together. But anyway, yeah, I just... that's a... That's the Tabletop Gaming Expo, Mississauga, Ontario. Very excited. Right on. Yeah, that sounds good. It does, doesn't it? Just because I said <laughs> it so many times around. The Tabletop Gaming Expo. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, so so here's one I think that I think you're probably going to go to. Um, the Salt Lake Gaming Con so in uh, Salt Lake City, Utah uh, on July 6th. It's uh, the home of the Double Dutch Rudders 40k team, Sir Thomas Hegstrom Oki, who I think who just had a kid. So he, um, hmm. not he just had a, his his wife just had a kid, um, but uh, I don't think he'll be going. But I think the rest of his team will be going. Um, you have some phenomenal players coming out of there. Uh, I also see people from Arizona probably heading up to the Salt Lake Gaming Con. Um, so it'll be one of those. It'll be one of those Southern California gaming cons. But I I highly recommend going out there. Uh, looks like they've already got. 40 or 50 people signed up with, with about 10 more spots left. So it should be a major. Um, I just wanted to hit them up, check them out. Yeah. Heck yeah. All right. Are you going to do this? Are you going to do the CCB Val or shall I do it? Oh, absolutely. Like, well, you see, that's our nation's capital up here in Canada. The uh, capital city bloodbath, which is, uh, just really, gone i think it's doubled in size this year compared to past years which is pretty remarkable so they're they're up over a hundred they're on to a waiting list right now folks it's that exclusive um but that's okay the organizers are idiots and they'll keep buying more and more amazing terrain uh as long as there's people who want to show up and play which is really really cool so if you are interested in going to probably one of the best events that uh exists and that's not all hype like the capital city bloodbath it's a beautiful venue Beautiful venue, amazing terrain, again, conveniently located right by the Ottawa International Airport um, in a actual convention center. Um, oh, you could nice. Actually, you could use it as uh, an airplane hangar. The space is enormous. It's amazing. Um, and uh, like they've been at this for years now. I think this, I don't know. It started out as a fantasy uh, tournament uh, many years ago. And over the last three years has just sort of grown into a fantastic 40K tournament. So well worth the trip. Um, and also a really cool place to visit. I gotta say, Ottawa is, is a is a beautiful city. You get some history of Canada in you. You get to see our beautiful Parliament buildings. They're up on a nice hill. I'm not doing a good job of selling it, but the tournament's amazing, and you should go. <laughs> and don't to get, get turned to it, off. You have by to... the... Go ahead, Val. Well, no, I was, I was gonna, gonna say. say... <laughs> oh no! <laughs> All right, <laughs> I was gonna make more Game of Thrones references. Just, uh... <laughs> then I'm gonna cut you off right there. <laughs> of course. Um, no, it's it's a fantastic event. It's run by the uh, the the Canhammer uh, gang up oh, here. Oh yeah, they're good guys. Uh, they can be, they can be, uh, but they're really good at running tournaments. I mean, that's what matters, and so that's what you want to uh, <laughs> that's what you want to focus on when you're going to the capital city bloodbath. And when is it, you ask? Good question. Um, I can't. July eighteenth. July eighteenth. July eighteenth this bloodbath. year. I, I and and this isn't to to um to to put down any of the other tournaments in Canada. Um, I, if I were to go to a, a tournament in Canada, I would go to the capital city bloodbath. If I had to choose one, um, 
and I know, no, it's a shame. I'd love to love to go to Toronto and and come check out Val. To where? Um, and Peach. But um, I, I just I I, it's always consistently the the Can- Canadian team tournament that's always or the not team tournament the Canadian tournament that's always been on my radar. Um, so it's just the one I would go to. Um, the venue is always really pretty. Um, and from what I've heard, the the uh, people there are always amazing. So. Yeah, no, it's 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 a real real jewel of a tournament. It's well worth uh, well worth your time to make. Also, it. I isn't it get a lot? Isn't it Canada's largest forty k tournament? Well, I mean, if they keep if they keep going, yeah, easily. I mean, the, the the biggest tournament that I know of off the top of my head was the, the team tournament that you uh, accidentally mentioned just there, and that one was like hundred and twenty. But that's teams of five, right? So, right. Um, I mean, this will probably be the biggest singles event. I mean, there might be a tournament on the West Coast being like, "Ah, you East Coast people, you don't think of us," and that's true. <laughs> we don't. Uh, I, that's why I made sure to mention in a West Coast Canadian tournament out of the gate. Uh, but I honestly don't think so. I think I think this will be the biggest Canadian singles event ever, 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 ever. Yeah, and it's it's really cool hearing about all these uh, large singles events in regions. Um, eventually, you know, we'll get to the point where we'll have so many large uh, events that dominate their regions um, that we'll have like an invitational of people who won all those events. So like we could do like the winner of Warzone Atlanta and the, the winner of Nova, the winner of the, of the capital city bloodbath, like the, the winner of T shift, the winner of the BAO, the LVO, like we could get all of these guys in, in one invitational and just have like this major, this major cool invitational. And it's, it's all possible. Now. Um, I mean, I don't know. Just that's I think a really great idea to run run at the LVO. You could almost do it like the LVO is actually the first tournament of the new season, and the Invitational is for all the people oh. who finished high. Yeah, yeah kind of end cap it. Yeah, yeah. It it I I think I think I like the idea of the ITC champion being crowned at the LVO. Um, it makes the LVO really really you know like the the premiere you have to go to this if you're serious it's already like faction right right so so i think the lvo i like the lvo being the end of the season personally but i am also very biased (laughs) like (laughs) uh, i'm sure every to would like their would like their tournament to be at the end of the season be the the culmination of of the itc Um, i'm saying that you still do that it's just that the culmination tournament is like an invite it's the invitational, only... uh, yeah. you know, the guys who are already in the running or yeah. the guys who mm-hmm. are playing for the the big prize at the end of the season, anyways. Yeah, well, I mean, we could it. do we could do like both. We can, I mean, like what Nova does, have an, yeah. an yeah. open and an invitational. It's, that would be yeah, ideal. That, and I think you're kind of seeing a move towards that. Like more tournaments are starting to do that kind of open invitational format, um, which I think has some advantages. I'm curious to see just how popular it becomes, but. It's it's definitely an idea who's who's starting to spread across a lot more right. formats. Yeah, I, I think I think because uh, I've actually put some serious thought into this. Um, I think uh, a tournament in in oh, I'd like it in, to be in San Diego, but I, I think a tournament at like maybe right after Adepticon, like a month after Adepticon or a month before Adepticon. Actually, no, that's the LVO um, because there is a b- between or, or there's Adepticon. And then there's just like nothing for for months, like <laughs> for tournaments, for not for months, but for I, weeks. I think that's literally um, what the LGT just attempted to do, and that you know. Uh, well, well next <laughs> the, the LGT was in was in was in London, um, but yeah. I, I think if you were to do a supersized 
invitational um, where you get all these tournament winners to come to this this uh, tournament. I think it would have to be during that time frame. Um, it might even have to be before Adepticon uh, because you would want to invite the person who won Adepticon, right? Um, we could always get Adepticon to move their event that that they've been doing for for ten <laughs> plus years. Um, but uh, yeah, just ask nicely. I, I think. Yeah, just but um, but but seriously, or we could even even maybe even have it at Adepticon. That would be even cooler, right? Because Adepticon's already this large gaming convention that um, people Las go. Las Vegas is the easiest one for everyone to get to. It's yeah. like it's just a logical place to have like a sick invitational. Yeah, and it it's, keeps it's things true. away from those filthy East Coasters, and they've got enough tournaments. Dude, well, hey, <laughs> speaking of which, we should mention the actual major majors that are happening. We well, touched on them, and then we didn't talk about them. <laughs> so, well, um, I mean, I'll, if people I'll, don't know them at this point, then I don't know if they're paying attention to the tournaments at all. But yeah, I mean, Adepticon, Nova, War, well, we already did War Games Con, uh, ATC, ATC, ATC Big. sold out, ATC sold out, and ATC yeah. is going to be fun. Uh, AT, I, I don't know if they've adopted the uh, the the unit the unit limit, but I don't see a reason why they shouldn't. Especially because ETC even did it. ETC unanimously voted that they were they're going to essentially kill spam. Um, so I don't see why ETC wouldn't do that. They've um, always been kind of weird about their format, though. Yeah, but they so really is ETC, right? Thing. It's true, but yeah, I don't know. It's I. There's a part of me that still expects them to ignore some of the beta stuff and kind of just keep doing what they're doing. Are we talking out of our butts right now? Is that actually a thing? Like, I think I, I think it, so. I was I actually in the process of looking up the ETC the ATC tournament packet while while we were talking. This is this isn't called talking out our asses. This is called delaying. Well ah. and I don't know if they've finalized it. Last I had heard the uh the council that kind of makes the decisions was discussing things, but I never heard a final result to that discussion. Yeah, well, so I mean, maybe they have. It's you know it's coming up. It's July thirteenth to the fifteenth in um okay. in uh Tennessee so so um if you guys you know I'm sure people have already signed up for it. So yeah, me, uh, they must have made some kind of decision. Looking through their their website right now, it's it's so it's such a a f- like 40k website too. There's like uh, rivets, <laughs> steel walls in the background, and you know, there's like, like a MIDI, there's like a, there's like a MIDI song it. playing. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a 1990s Metal. website. Is there a, is there a spinning gif of maybe uh, a mouse flipping someone off or perhaps animated flames? I was going to say, there's a flaming skull here. Absolutely. Oh, there we go. Are they part of any web rings? Yeah, it's, uh, as of May 20... 20... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of there you May... go. <laughs> as of May 25th, so uh, a little over a week ago, um, they will be using all the FAQs. Okay, that's results. good to hear. I'm glad we didn't slander and or libel the American Team Championship. That's fantastic news. Yeah, on um, the East Coast, they they probably don't even know what those words mean. I mean, they're more, they're more like the Appalachians. They're down, you know. Anyway, it's uh, they're in the South. Southish. <laughs> uh, you guys have a big ten- country, okay? It's hard <laughs> to keep it all straight. Tennessee. I just found out where boys is. Tennessee is in the south, my friend. Take this my word very on south. this one. <laughs> this is in the well, very, very... And at the same time, I got into an argument with Americans about whether or not Florida counts as part of the south. And that what? just blew my friggin' mind. Uh, apparently, no, it's actually... No, it's not a... It's, it, it doesn't... Apparently, it's a thing. It, it's it is, it is a legitimate thing. That would yeah. make it to the south. It is apparently no. not necessarily. Uh, 
it's I lived in Florida for a fair it, while. It actually uh, destroyed Sean's connection. Unless it's it's weird. His his uh the, true red blooded American spirit came out and <laughs> got launched into the internet and is now he- hurtling towards you at the speed of at the speed of internet. Val. That's right. Um, like a Johnny which, Johnny mnemonic cutscene is taking place right <laughs> now. <laughs> um, but no, we're we're weird because because I I guess Texas isn't technically the Midwest, even though it's it's like in the you know, but it, it's the Texas is the South, and I don't know. We're 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 a little strange. We're with with our no. our naming. The no. thing that always gets me is the Midwest, though, because I always imagine the Midwest, but it's actually more like like North. East. The north. It's it's the north mid more than the midwest. The, the, yeah, exactly. Um, and also, got, like New Mexico's named. the southwest, or I don't know. Yeah, it's that one isn't as weird to me. All right, we've gotten enough of this on a geography digression <laughs> AT, more than anything ATC else. guys. Uh, yeah. the, ATC, the American team championship. Go, go, no yes. matter what party you call it, it is just America. It is it, the the American team championships. Um, I highly recommend going every year. The frontline gaming team goes, um, and they, they have a blast. I've never gone. I'm not part of the frontline gaming team. Um, <laughs> wow. I'm I'm like Harsh. their I'm like their fourth string like their, their fourth string fullback. Um, they, they, they always they always uh they always have all these other guys and drops, and then right at the end they're like Pablo, you might go, and I'm like cool. Let me get my list ready, and they're like, now nah, we found someone else. JK, JK, Pablo, I I hate to be the one to break it to you, but you know they're just <gasps> jerking your chain, right? Uh, no, I think I think what it is is um I I, I down here in San Diego, I've, I've got a kid, so so I usually oh, decline yeah. to go hang out with them um right. whenever we go to bars and stuff, and I think that just extends itself to tournaments because they're because when they go to tournaments and stuff, they'll just go and then and then they'll invite me like last minute and and then they're like. The, and I'm like, no, like I can't go because you know, got a wife and kids, and I can't be gone for yeah. that long consistently. And they're like, oh, okay. Um, and then eventually they just stopped asking me. So I, I think, and they're correct. I w- I can't go to the t- the ATC team tournament. Um, so so it's less like Pablo, you're bad. Don't play with us anymore. Um, he's always busy. So so we might as well just yeah. not not even bother. Yeah, so that's that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> so I like that's what I tell myself to get, to go to sleep at night. Um, but yeah, the ATC tournament, um, I, I not only do I highly recommend going to the ATC team tournament, um, from what I've heard, it's amazing, but it's also going to be another big meta shift. Um, it's in the mid, it's in mid July. Um, that was going to be a full blown meta panic because it'll be a bunch of wacky extreme lists. Yeah, that well, that's what that's what it is see. every year, usually, right? Yeah, well, I um, know, but people don't understand that, so it's just gonna be full like panic alarm bells. That's why you never know what'll happen that September fact, because <laughs> some wacky stuff goes down at the ATC and ETC. That's true. Like, like if uh, mm-hmm. if one thing that we're already seeing is like twelve demon princes, which is legal in this FAQ. Um, you yeah. just get the data slate demon princes from other codexes, but I guess that's not even like amazing. But if someone wins or does well at the ATC with that, uh, you know, expect to see Demon Princes get addressed in the September FAQ or something. But just keep an eye on it. Keep the keep the ATC and the ETC on your radar, guys. Tune into Chapter Tactics. We'll talk about the lists. We'll talk about uh, who won, um, some of the controversies, wh- whatever part of the tournament that, that you guys want to know about. I'm sure we'll have the info on. We'll have the inside information Um so just keep an eye out for that. It's in July. And the reason why the ATC in particular is so important is it kicks off the the rest of the summer the rest of the summer uh, meta in America. 
um, which I know primarily most of my listeners live. Um, <clears throat> so, so it's key if you want to design your list to beat lists, or if, if you're looking to to um, add specific units to your list, you can look at the ATC and all the teams there and look at who the top performers are and then plan accordingly. Um, so, so it's a great tournament and, to look at. And then right yeah. on its heels, August, uh, for th- August 1st through August 5th, that's the uh, European Team Championship 2018 in Zagreb, Croatia. So that's another massive event. Yeah. That, yeah. Uh, has massive big implications yeah and we'll we'll get hopefully we'll get more information from sean naden after the etc um but but uh <laughs> for yeah, you guys yeah, if those I'm, for those I'm, of you who remember I'm the also, sean naden episode um I'm, I'm like i'm like going and stuff so you can, you can talk to old, old, old val too just you right i have to talk to mr cool list maniac you know like Heffelfinger's got some ideas. No one ever asks me about them, but I yeah. Got we don't. Some. We don't need to talk to the guy who's made the top eight at the LVO more times than Val's made top eights at any tournaments. Would that Whoa. be more than once? Uh, yes, more than once. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's okay. I think I think Sean Naden has more top eights um, than all of us here on this podcast episode right now. Oh uh, yeah, that he's a period. really good player. Yeah. But I'm have uh, to go ahead and say so. But uh, <laughs> nonetheless, what I'm saying is I'm going to be at the bloody thing, so you know yes. I can give you some inside scoops too. You don't have to go into your mysterious network. I'm right here, yeah. man. And well, and you can physically sh- pin Sean Naden to a wall and force him to answer your questions at gunpoint. That's true. Look, I can just, I can do I can that. just look over and be like, oh, that's what he's doing because I can. I'm there and I'll be able to see it. It is Croatia, so you might be able to hire someone to to steal all their lists. Right. Mm. Actually, as of what would it be like July 1st or so, there'll be a list document released and everyone's list will be up for um, perusal. So that'll yeah. actually be a really exciting moment when that it, happens. Speaking and there's of also, detail. by the way, something that no one ever talks about because it's kind of just a, a little tack on. There's the European Singles Championship that happened in the two days, I guess, August 1st and 2nd leading up to the team event, which I'll also be playing it. Which will be fun. Yeah. Oh, Did, nice. uh, didn't Ganya win that or Nanavati in the singles tournament? I feel like an American won that, the singles tournament. Maybe not. I, I, I have a feeling there's some really year. pissed off people in Europe right now if that actually didn't happen, but maybe I don't it know. Did. I, I, I don't know. It's if anyone <laughs> I, I'm not saying like like this happened for a fact. Um so my, I might be wrong. I just remember I, I know the, the American team like three people were undefeated, went undefeated on the American team. Um and I know the, the American team usually there are certain players that do really well, um, but the the American team usually falls short. But uh, we're, we're sidetracking here. I actually wanted to talk about a quick story and sidetrack us even more. Um, something oh, you guys might we're sidetracked. I'm going to tell a quick story. Yes, we're gonna we're gonna derail this a little more because it's it's something that Val said that reminded me of it. Um, but apparently in the ETC they have a lot of these because you know these different nations, a lot of international relations. Um, and one year at the ETC, if two American players who were working for the federal government, specifically uh, the Navy uh, in the intelligence, um, had some problems with the Russian team. So I guess the oh. the Russian someone on the Russian team was also Russian intelligence. Um, and so uh, the the day before the tournament, the American team guys, when they found out, uh, they they had, like they got a call from the from the government they're like okay you need to like not talk to this guy and like like they just gave him a series of rules and the the um american teams guys were like oh shit like what if we have to play them like we can't talk to this guy like at all um so it's just really interesting the etc's all i would love to go to the etc just to see these dynamics right because you have all these different cultures and all these different um 
play styles and and, and uh, languages. And it, it's just, it's, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be really cool. It's how I would imagine um, a, an international event should look like, right? Um, so yeah, I, just, I'm uh, excited. Just to close, just to close the loop there, uh, there was not an American uh, placing at all, from what I can tell, in the ESC or the European singles last year. There, so there we maybe go. Maybe they didn't even. They may have done some team stuff before. I seem to remember Nathan saying that that they don't hmm. that they usually like get over there, chill, okay, little team huddle. You know, well, that, kind of that makes sense too. Um, but Anywho. super excited. Val's going to be our inside man. I cannot wait Thank for that you. episode. Um, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll all pick Val's brain and, um, uh, hopefully Canada and America do well <laughs> and then America wins. America always wins. All right. Like long run? Like, like, like at the tournament. Like oh, just, oh, 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 America. oh, 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 I wasn't thinking of that. <laughs> we'll, I was just we'll have... thinking in the broader sense. <laughs> we'll, we'll have that, um, that, uh, that America song, the, the red, white and blue song. Uh-huh. The the one that that came out like right after nine eleven, we'll have that play on blast yeah. when we win. Iraq and I roll. <laughs> that, oh. perhaps, the, perhaps the absolute best song I've ever heard. It was a great song. I've, I've got nothing against it. I, anyway, what else? Uh, what else is going on, guys? <clears throat> you guys got any more tournaments? I don't think I do. Have I mentioned the tabletop gaming expo in Toronto? Ontario, Canada. No, you haven't. I think you oh, should mention it again. TabletopGamingX.com. <laughs> Sign up, guys. It's awesome. <laughs> All right. We're going to close off with uh, a dark horse, uh, an extremely dark, dark horse tournament to be a major. Um, the Golden Rhino GT. <laughs> uh, it's not even It's not even GT. It's just called the Golden Rhino. Uh, the can we, Golden can we Rhino. Put together, can we put together a golden bust of you? To be the prize for this tournament, Can we it, make it'll just happen? be me with my oh. with my giant mane of hair, just just holding like an actual no riding a rhino. And the are golden you rhino. Go are, that far. Are you just saying this is a bust of you, or you are actually the prize of the tournament? Kind of spray painted golds. I mean, I'm I'm good with either one. Okay. I think they are too. <laughs> but, All of these ideas are good. <laughs> um, the, the golden rhino. I, I just wanted to give them a shout out because I love their name. Um, I am, of course, the rhino. Um, that's what they, they, my nickname at Frontline Gaming, um, I, cause I love rhinos, uh, dead serious about rhinos. Um, but wanted to give them a shout out in, uh, the Highland Township Public Library, um, is where it's hosted. It's, it's hosted by, or I guess, I guess sponsored slash hosted by the Purge the Alien podcast guys. So if you ever listen to Purge the Alien, they have, I think, 11 episodes. Um, but check that out if you're in the Highland Charter Township, Michigan area, um, on July 31st. Um, so you can hit up you can hit up the Golden Rhino right before your trip to ATC. The perfect. Or I guess right before your trip to ETC. Beautiful. There you and go. Uh, speaking of G- GTs, just before the ETC, got to shout out uh, the uh, Caledonian Revolution happening two weeks before, mm-hmm. and also the Northwest Open, which is an ITC event in the UK, which I'll be attending. And nice. uh, I squeeze yeah. those one in there. That's a lot. This is a lot of lot of majors. And I'm sure we missed one too. I know I'm gonna get oh, a message on yeah. Facebook saying like Pablo, you forgot to talk about my major, the 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 Warhammer Shockfest Open. And I'll be like, oh shit, I forgot about that yeah, one. If if we totally glossed over your like major or GT event, 
by all means, post it in the comments because not Please. only do we want to know, but everyone else wants to know too. That's that's kind of the tragedy of all this is there's so many good events that it's hard to keep track of them all. And if we if we miss something, tell us because we want to know too. Yeah, and and if you're listening to this, um, uh, it's a little late now, but um, I, I would maybe go back and take notes on the events you want to attend. Um, but there, there's so many events, and if, if you if you're still confused and unsure, or if you want to plan your summer tournament uh, schedule, email me frontlinegamingpdpab at gmail.com. I will help you out. You just have to tell me where roughly where you're located, how far you're willing to travel, um, and I'm sure we could work something out. I, I feel like everyone has a competitive 40k goal that they aspire to, right? So I, I talk to guys all the time, and they're always like, "Oh, Pablo, I really want to, I really want to." go like four and two at nova right so so that's what i'm preparing for and so I'll, they'll actually email back and forth and we'll talk about their list and their list will evolve and they'll, they'll go to nova or or adepticon or they'll be over whatever um and then they'll tell me how they place and it, it's really cool and i feel like a lot of players they they um they plan for going to these big tournaments the the the, the huge tournaments um and then they go to smaller tournaments to kind of build up their lists and perform at these perform well at these big tournaments and then that's it Right, so for a lot of players like the the Warzone Atlanta War Games Con, that might be their LVO, and they might not actually know about um, any of the other tournaments in their area. Uh, so if if you're if you're unsure, if you want to know more information, just email me. I'll help you out. Uh, I'm always willing to help people expand their tournament 40k knowledge. So check that out. All right, we're gonna go ahead and end this here. Like like Sean said in the comment section down below. You guys can talk about uh, more tournaments if we forgot any, um, or just talk about what tournaments you plan on attending. Um, I'm pretty hyped for the summer schedule. Uh, we're going to talk about Imperial Knights right after this commercial break, unless Val wants to plug the expo one more time. TabletopGamingX.com. Be there, be square. And we're back. That was the shortest commercial break we've ever had. Uh, brought to you by the Tabletop Gaming Expo, <laughs> the unofficial <laughs> the unofficial sponsor. Do you, do you see can, how I did that? I just saved myself like 10 minutes of editing there. Can we call them the Infiltrator Sponsor? The Infiltrator Sponsor. Yeah. You know what, guys? I can, I can probably get them to actually like sponsor something, so I'll, 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 we're good for it. Yeah, tell them, tell them to hit me up. Um, <laughs> not a big deal. The, the this one, this sponsor is on the house. The sponsorship today, this stuff's on the house. Um, there it is. So let's go ahead and talk Imperial Knights. Uh, I I've been really hyped for Imperial Knights sp since Eighth Edition began. Um, I I, I was a uh, I don't want to say a whistleblower, um, but I, I guess I kind of was. Kind of a whistleblower for Imperial Knights. Um, when they first came out, when Eighth Edition came out. Um, they were a bogeyman. Uh, they were bogeyman. Yeah, they, right the yeah, they, they were. People, you know, I talked about how how uh, mathematically wounds wise for points. They're they're one of the most point efficient units in the game. Um, but then they very 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 quickly fell by the wayside when um when we all woke up and realized, you know, this is how Eighth Edition is going to play. And I think that's fair. I th they they've been I think probably the worst codex performance wise. Um, and that's just because there's there's almost no night players anywhere, right? <clears throat> yeah, part of the the problem for them up until now has been 
that you know you're seeing increasing numbers of cheap horde infantry which they don't really deal with all that well no and that are really good at scoring all these objectives and getting points in these missions and knights are not particularly good at doing those things so it's not so much that knights are bad it's that they just they struggle to win the mission most of the time yeah yeah and they're they're also expensive right yes <clears throat> um so the we got the knight codex i've been looking through it and i've been reading it and i've been salivating over all the cool stuff knights gets now i don't think they're going to be top tier at all i don't think you're going to see knights make the top eight at nova or the lvo anytime soon however i do think you're going to start seeing knight armies on the table tables again um the the most important thing that i think i think that the we should address in the codex is knights got cheaper um, the all the knight chassis they went down they went from like 415 down to 385 uh, they're at 385 now so so whatever they were at before um so they got cheaper um also the gatling cannon went from 65 down to 45 points um and the the uh double the imperium the battle cannon gatling cannon knight variant that's pretty much the best knight variant because titanic feet are better than chain swords in almost all instances yeah, they're so um, good <laughs> Yeah, uh, that that's now sub five hundred points um, by a bit. So didn't, so you can actually uh, run four of them in a list now. Didn't one of the the close combat weapons get? Or I'm, I might be thinking of the Armager, where their their like little chain sword thing became zero points. That might be crazy though. Um, the Armagers seen the, the Armagers are are I think their their melee weapons cost zero points, but the Armagers are, are priced pretty pretty affordably. They're like two hundred and fifteen points ish, mm-hmm. I think. So 250, 215, somewhere in that price range, um, but half of a knight basically. Uh, yeah, but the which knight is codex, what they are. yeah, they're half knight. That's exactly what they are. <clears throat> but there's a lot of cool stuff in the knight codex. Uh, I, I was a little disappointed by their their um, faction, their factions. Um, some some of the stuff in their faction stuff wasn't amazing. Um, but they had some good stuff. Like uh, they have one um, where knights can assault or they can uh, advance and still shoot all their weapons. Essentially, their heavy weapons mm-hmm. become assault weapons when they advance, and then they don't suffer the penalty to shooting adva- assault weapons when they advance. Um, so knights being able to move 12 plus d6 inches and still shoot things, um, that's pretty cool. Uh, there's one faction tactic that lets them, when they charge, they get an additional attack, um, which isn't much until you factor in their titanic feet. Um, then they get yeah. three additional attacks when they charge. That's yep. pretty cool. Um, there's one that, that essentially makes them they ignore. They essentially ignore the the damage table where their knight is. Um, I think it's like doubled. You, your knight counts as doubled oh, yeah. your the, um, the standard kind of yeah. double your wounds to count your track on the yeah, table. Yeah. Which means yeah. knights don't actually degrade until six wounds. Um, those knights. And I think that's also a sneaky reason why I think knights also haven't been very good is the degradation thing. Like yeah, they have to kill kill them down to half size, and they're much less scary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So but so that might be case, the go to one. Yeah, it's we'll have to see where it actually pans out, but that's that certainly feels very strong because the longer you keep your knights in the fight, the better you're coming out of things. Yeah, um, and the other cool thing um, about knights is you can take their their uh, their cool stratagem that lets them take two relics. Um, they also have another one that lets them take two warlord traits, and yeah. those make the knights characters, so they can start heroically intervening, um, whatnot. Um, so so essentially, you can have. Uh, What's by spending six command points, which is a hefty price, I'll admit. Um, you can have three knights, have three warlord traits, um, one with each different warlord trait, and then each of those knights also has a relic. And, and the relics are great. 
Uh, they have a relic for pretty much every every weapon in the in the book, and all the all the weapons are great. the The best, I think, the best shooting relic um, is the the Gatling cannon relic. It's actually fourteen shots instead of twelve shots, um, and on sixes, it does two attacks instead of one. Uh, yeah, that so which, thing which is, is pretty brutal. Yeah, it's it's a beast. It's a beast weapon. Um, yep. Sorry. Keep going. Oh yeah, uh, they've they've got a banner that gives a knight obsec. Um, they have a, a relic that gives a knight a two up armor save, um, which is crazy. Um, I just read that one. I was like, what? Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah that's... that is surprisingly scary. Yeah. The other the other thing that I find like is one of those things I think you're going to see everywhere is the warlord trait that gives you a four up against shooting. Yep. Uh, four pin and then you that can could still... go to three up. Yeah, you you can still rotate ion shields to take it down to the three up, and it's like at that point your big guy is just sort of laughing it all off. Yeah. How long do I have to be quiet over here before we just talk about um, running all night gallants? <laughs> uh, you can go ahead and start now. What do you, I don't know, yeah. Pablo? What do you think of night gallants? What's what's uh, the feeling here? They they got cheaper. Um, I I think you you can't take five night gallants still. Um, and I think that's oh. where you that's where you need to to run them is is five night gallants. I think that's the only way they'd actually they'd actually be competitive. Um, <clears throat> what's a gallant? What's a gallant rocking in at? What's what's the point level of a gallant? Like four twenty, four thirty, four four forty. Still over four hundred. Yeah, well, because they're because their chassis are three eighty five, right? Yeah, and you pay a couple points for those. And guns. and you gotta the the gauntlet is like like thirty five points, and I think the chainsword's like twenty five, or something like that. Um, so as long as they're over four hundred points, which I'm, I, a knight, it, it's weird because I feel like that's appropriate for a knight. But then I look at Gilliman, and Gilliman's also four hundred points, so he's mm. like, like, you know, a, a low point knight. So, um, I, I don't know. The thing is, you put Gilliman and a knight face to face. I think Gilliman wins. That he wins fight every, time. every time. Time. Yeah. Every single time. It's not even close. Um. <clears throat> um. But uh. But yeah. I, I. That's why I don't think the gallant lists will work out because you can't run five nights um like in seventh edition when you could run five nights yeah are you sure i'm not sure uh the night gallants <laughs> night gallants obviously they got a lot of cool stuff um they have i think they have a relic that lets them outflank which is which is really good oh, you you can that's get cute you can get yeah you can get outflanking gallant knights um and then i think you can also give them the ability to advance and charge um and then you can give them warlord traits that let them re-roll their charges so, so it's possible to get gallants that charging you turn, turn two, right? Consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm being kind of silly. Just I, I think for me, just the the saddest knight was always the gallant knight, and it's also to me just the coolest knight because it's just a beat fist knight. And yeah. um, I don't know. I just I would love love to see just someone try and beat up somebody with nothing but gallant knights. Yep. So someone out there, I'm sure, could, and I and God bless him. Go for Here, it. Here's here's the the cool thing about knight gallants is you can actually tune up a knight so that he's really hard to kill, right? You can give him the warlord trait that lets him ignore uh, damage results um, of a, a wound rolls of a one, two, or three. Um, oh yeah. So anything that's a knight killer uh, wounds you on a th- on a four up or better, which is already pretty good. Uh, and then you can give them the four up inborn, um, and then you can rotate on shields to give them a three up inborn against shooting. Um, and they're great. And then it's a night gallant. So you, in close combat, you're actually swinging pretty hard. Um, <clears throat> and then you can give, you can use the ch- the death grip stratagem, which I think is my favorite stratagem. Is period. This is super the whole cool why and super good too. Like 
I looked at that and I was like, well, holy shit, that just kills any character you touch instantly. Yes. Yeah, I, I just always imagine him, like, grabbing Abaddon, or even Gilliman. Yeah. Gilliman's only strength six, a yeah, knight's strength right. eight, so... You, you're just talking some junk about <laughs> Gilliman, hands down. <laughs> well, I got one hand for you, okay? And it's one CP and it crushes you in the face. Yeah. yeah. It crushes. It's so yeah, cool. So... The little just keep rolling off until you lose, and D three wounds every time. Like that stacks up super fast. It reminds me of like like a like one of you know remember those like really lame cutscenes in video games you'd always get where you'd have to like hammer the B button uh, or else yeah. you'd get like choked out. Like that's kind of what it's like. And y- and you know what I think of as soon as I saw that stratagem. If any of you have watched uh, the anime Neon Genesis Evangelion, there's the one scene at the end where the the giant mech just pops a guy's head off, and that's it right there there's a deep cut <laughs> yeah no, it's <laughs> a little, actually little bit like, beyond us <laughs> okay it's like like one of the most popular animes in the world so you guys are just philistines that's actually <laughs> probably true and uh, i'm embarrassed now <laughs> um uh, w- one thing i want to talk about is that a lot of people are probably wondering about the the castellans the the big knights um yep. they're really good so obviously you guys saw the the harpoon you know miss thing that stupid crazy i'm gonna blow up one thing um, so it does a lot of, 10 damage uh, it's, it's cute so sick. it's cute it's cute um a lot of this is cute um but everyone i think has gotten to see that night could you could you share in some more detail the shooty one yeah because... so the shooty one comes out to i think optimize like the the best it's best loadout comes out to 610 points um which compared to the forge world knights is actually right on par um with some of the best forge world knights right uh, mm-hmm. It doesn't come with the four-up invulns that the Forge World Knights get. And we'll, I want to talk about the Forge World Knights, too, in a second. Um, so it's, it's 600, for 610 points, um, it seems like a lot for a single model. However, it's super shooty. Uh, it, it can it can absolutely obliterate anything in shooting. It's, it reminds me of the Storm Surges back in the day. Um, in 7th edition, when the Storm Surges would just, like, lock down and just wipe out, like, half a half a board. Um, Castellans can do that to an extent. Their best thing, the best thing about them is that um, you can take the Oathbreaker guidance system, so you can take uh, four missiles on the Castellan and then just eliminate a character every turn, or or a character every two turns, right? With the with the ability to target out of out of line of sight characters um, with a like a strength eight, a strength ten AP four D six damage, ignoring Invul saves missile, right? So it, it's just going to kill a character. Is and, there any access to rerolls to hit? Yes. especially. Yeah. So yeah. there's there's a stratagem that lets them reroll. You pick it's a it's a specific knight. It's, it's knight the house raven. Um, but the house raven mm-hmm. is the the house that lets you advance and still shoot your weapons. Um, mm-hmm. so it's a good it's a good uh, it's a good house. Um, but that's the one that lets you you pick a knight at the start of your shooting phase, and then that knight gets to reroll all of its to hit rolls of one. It rerolls all of the results of a one. In the shooting phase, so you roll ones on the huh. damage, you roll ones on your wound rolls, you roll re-roll ones on your hit rolls, um, okay. and the number of shots, and the, for the number of shots on your weapons too. Because yeah, I was I was looking at that Oathbreaker missile, the, you know, the character hunter that everyone <clears throat> is freaking out about. It's not bad, I won't say that, but no. people are drastically overestimating how often it will kill a character. Uh, a four wound character. Uh, has better than a coin flip chance of surviving a shot from that missile. And knights just don't have a lot of care- command points. Like, they're going to struggle to spend, you know, 
10 command points shooting off their missiles every yeah. turn. Yeah, and, no, and that's, no, one's, no one's leaving home without a Karavzakilla on this one, though. Yeah, 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 that's true. That, that's why I think three knight lists are going to be the most competitive. And you also can't run yeah. one knight and have the knight co- benefits of the knight codex, period. So, so a knight mm-hmm. in an auxiliary detachment might as well just not be like a real knight at all. He's he's a seventh edition knight essentially. So you you don't with, get any of the benefits. No, just you, you don't. Really. You don't. So oh, that's and, unfortunate. And you can't mix Lords of War in a knight detachment, similar to other detachments too. Um, yeah. So so you're only getting three command points from a knight detachment, and you have to have three knights minimum to to be in that detachment and they all have to be the same house so if you're going to run knights you, you can't have like a knight army you can't have like this is my this is my house raven detachment and this is my house titan or whatever you can't do that um you can only you're basically only going to have enough points for one house in your list um because you're not going to have six knights in your list uh yeah there's no way yeah, so you so can't that's... even take the the baby knights. Don't count towards the the three knights in a detachment, do they? They 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 do. Um, so you could oh. run like conceivably you could run uh a ba- two baby knights and a regular knight twice. So you could have so you could have two knights with two different I, houses and then four I, baby knights. But that's but like sixteen hundred points, yeah, and you don't get any. Well, you get six that... command points then. No, really? You okay, yeah. I was of the understanding. You have three. They're Lords Sorry, of War. They're, they're Lords of War. Right. I thought but... it was that you have to have three of the dominants. Oh, you're right. Or the... yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, you, you do. You have to have three of the large knights to, to get the command benefits of your detachment, which yeah. in this case is plus three command points. Um, so yeah, you don't even get the CB. It's, it's, um... I wonder if, I wonder, I, I'm really curious to see if maybe that gets errated. Because obviously this book was released probably, uh, sorry, printed and, and shipped probably before the fact even was finalized probably so. uh, that's yeah. a good that's a good point it's it seems like a really weird choice to like give them this sort of like hey here's a smaller unit you can use to fill out attachment you can't use it to fill out an attachment if you do you yeah. know benefits it's like <laughs> yeah what, what do they exist for then why did you make these because yeah. they're cool it's... i, <laughs> I mean um, they are they're super cool yeah. i want to see people bring them to the table it just feels like there's not a good reason right now I want to see Sidonian Dragoons, the Armagers, and some Knights. Oh, yeah. At the same time. Running up yeah. the board of people. That'd be cool. Backed by Knight no, Gallant. Um, not enough. Yeah, yeah. And then all the Knight Gallants. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now you guys are seeing what I'm seeing. <laughs> um, so it, it's just, it's, it's, um, as I'm building my Knight list, it, it's just, I found it very difficult to, um, to mix and match the Knight. I feel like the only way to run Knights competitively at tournaments is running three Knights all fully kitted out with like guard detachments to help you out. Yeah. You can't run you can't run um you can run four knights, but you can't run four knights the way I want to and a guard and a guard battalion. So you'll have to downgrade one of the knights to like a gallant. Can you um, get uh, can you get three of the big boys and a guard battalion? No. You'd be close. Couldn't you? Uh, they're, uh, they're like six hundred odd. You can get a guard battalion for less than two hundred. It's. I think the min guard. So okay. So you get thirty point commanders. So you get two thirty point commanders and uh, a hundred. So it's one hundred and eighty points for a min guard battalion. And the Ooh. the Castellans are six hundred and ten points. And the more the other op variant of the Castellan is like six hundred and forty points. And that's taking more of the um, more of the the siege cannons on the shoulders instead of the missiles. Oh, yeah. So, so the cheapest, the cheapest Castellan is six hundred and ten. It's also the best. Uh, it might be. Don't quote me on it. There might be a variant even cheaper than that. But as I was going through it, um, 
and optimizing my list, 610 points is what I was gallon on the Castellans. All right, so screw um, it. Two Castellans and a gallant. Let's rock. So two hey. two Castellans <laughs> and a gallant. Um, and then, uh, and then it's interesting. In your opponent's face, at least, right? Because like, because what? Because what house do you pick for your? What household do you pick for your detachment then? Right? Because um, you want? Do you want to benefit the gallant or do you want to be- benefit the Castellans? I think you like, want to benefit the Castellans at that point. You got two right. Of them. Then, then, then your gallant is your like. List. Then your gallant is able to advance and still shoot his. No, he can't even advance and shoot his heavy stubbers because they're not heavy weapons. Heavy stubbers <laughs> so. are, are totally heavy weapons. Are they? Okay, never yep, mind then. They are. So so he can still advance and shoot his heavy stubbers. Yeah. Um, when he's but then but then he wouldn't be able to advance and charge. Yeah. Because we're the stratagem is house specific. The, we're at the bleeding edge of the meta right now, guys. <laughs> this is this All is right, what so, the stuff you talk about when you're building lists. <laughs> yeah, well I so I'm curious, Pablo, what What's is up? your favored setup for the, the big shooty night? What are you what are you taking on that guy? You you take the the, the you replace one of the siege cannons with with missiles, um, okay. so you have I think four sets of missiles and one set of siege cannons, um, and then you take the uh, the um, not the plasma one, the other one. No, the the cannon thinger. Yes, the cannon thinger. I don't you remember take the that. name of all the the new knight weapons. Yeah, yet, I don't. But... I don't either. I wish actually. I I wish I'd brought the codex with me. I'm, I'm at my house. This is where I record. Um, so I don't actually physically have the codex with me. Um, this is something I think I think I should probably do. Uh, but Reese is doing a great job talking about the uh, Knights Codex and reviewing them. Um, so if you go to FrontlineGaming.org at, and just follow along with Reese's uh, Codex review of the Imperial Knights, you'll be able to get all this information. Um, but basically, you take the Knight Castellan with the the not the plasma gun one because I don't think I think the plasma one is worse than the the other gun. Uh, and then you mm-hmm. take the four missiles to make it cheaper because missiles are, I think are 17 points for a pair. And the big, the big siege cannon is like 45 points or something. Yikes. So, yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty hefty price. Um, can you go but it's good. missiles or no, you can't, you, you gotta have you one can't. cannon. It's they've set it up so that you can have one gun on the middle hanging above the knight's head and then uh-huh. two of the same gun on his shoulder guns. And that's okay. it. That's kind of like what they're going for. Um, yeah. but it's worded weird. Like you can replace, two of the guns with with one gun or and then buy another of the, I don't know. It's it's worded a little strange, but I see where they're going with it. It's it's you can only take two of one weapon system and then one of another. Yeah, um and I think it's two and one. Yeah, and I think it's set up so that you have to have two on the two and the same in the shoulder pads for I guess for aesthetics and then one on the head. Although I'm just gonna mount my I'm just gonna mount my missiles like like on his chest anyways in the like the, <laughs> the nipple area. He's <laughs> Somewhere like that, um, but going to the Forge World Knights because the Forge World Knights have always been knights that I really like. Right, the, they've got the, for example, the Questorus Knights have four up invulns against shooting. I actually think they have four up invulns. Period. Um, it's either four up invulns against shooting and five up invulns in close combat, or they just have four up invulns. Period. It's one of those it's two. The four up shooting, five up combat. Yes. Um. So so they I've always naturally just just wanted to run them. Um, so now that they have access to stratagems, etc., I-, I wanted to see how well they do. And unfortunately, I don't think the Forge World Knights um, will work well with the Codex. Uh, first off, they're mm. only they're only um, Imperium, so they're not Mechanicum. Um, oh. that, and that's their so their set keywords. So they, obviously, they don't have the bracket keywords like bracket household. Bra- yeah. uh, actually, I think they had, do have bracket household, um, but they don't have their Quistorus Imperium, Imperium essentially. Um, mm-hmm. 
So you can only is, take the Imperium was, household stuff for them. I think there was something on a um, like a game Games Workshop Facebook question where they said they're going to address it pretty quick. Hopefully, okay. Yeah, well, that'd so, be yeah. Nice. I, I would I would I wouldn't completely write them off just yet. I think I think they might come back and fix it. Yeah, yeah, but but essentially the the Forge World Knights are a little limited with what they can do. Uh, though I I think a Forge World Freeblade Knight would be really cool. Um, you can just replace the Quister Imperium keyword with something else, and then you you make them a free blade, and then you give them the the uh, the reroll one die or reroll one single die a, a game round. Um, so you can reroll mm-hmm. a save roll, a hit roll, a wound roll on your knight. So then you have a four up invuln organically uh, going to a three up when you use the 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 um, rotate iron shields, and then you get to reroll that. Um, and then I think you can also make him your warlord, so you can give him another reroll with that warlord trait. So he has essentially three up invulns rerolling two dice, two of them, uh, once. Um, and then you can also pay to give him the relic and give him a two up armor save. Um, that's pretty nasty. Yeah. So so you can make one of the one of the forge old knights like just really hard to to kill, uh, and then you can run him up the board. Um, so I've been looking into that. Um, it's it's uh it's it's interesting. Uh it's it's I'm definitely more excited about knights now. Um when I have a finalized list I'll, I'll probably post it up somewhere or talk about it here on this podcast. Um but I think the the list is the three knights all all, all with warlord traits, all with relics, um is buffed as much as you can and then guard battalions. Yeah. Yeah, yeah cuz you need it's... the command points. You need the command points, and you need bodies to hold objectives and stuff. Yeah. That's still really the fundamental knight problem: is yep. that you just you gotta you gotta win the game. You can't just kill models. Yeah, I, I mean, conceivably, you could do two shooting knights, uh, and then one of the Castellan knights. Um, that's a lot, a lot of shooting, uh, yeah. and then you can give one of the shooting knights the the relic Gatling gun, and then give the other mm-hmm. the um the relic. Uh, the the one that lets you uh let me check this real quick the one that lets you um gives you the uh, obsec the what's oh, it called yeah. the the do banner the thing not, do the knights not automatically have obsec no really yes yeah it's awkward what the hell they're the first really lehman russes have obsec but an imperial I mean, doesn't so so here's the thing that actually doesn't matter a ton um because a lot of enemy models have obsec and if you both have obsec then it cancels sure, out sure. so it's like but it's just a matter of principle well, yeah, well the obsec yeah the the obsec relic actually your knight your knight counts as 10 models yes i appreciate that is in there otherwise it would be garbage yeah like that's um, they should have just given knights that generally you know? I kind of yeah. agree. Even if it was a slightly more limited, like you count as five models with obsec, it's like okay, that at least helps, right? It's, it's sort of like the really sad uh, stratagem that lets them swing at stuff in the top top level of a ruin. Oh yeah, yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> why? Why? Why can't they just swing at stuff in the top level of a ruin? GW just why? The, the stratagem is actually really. It's actually worse than that because you can't. Yeah, you can't kick. Yeah. Well, yeah, you can't kick. And also, there can't be any models in the unit on the bottom floor of that ruin. Oh, really? So, yeah. So what you could conceivably do is you can you can go into like a boxed a boxed ruin, like one of the ITC terrains, like the square ruin, and you can just uh-huh. put a model in the middle of the of the building, three inches away from all the walls, 
or not even three inches away, just one inch away from every wall, so that the yeah. knight can't the knight base can't be within one inch of him. And then That's you harsh. can, and then he can't. You can't charge that unit. It, it's really funny how how the the stratagem is worded in a way so that GW is really reaching. They're like, okay, guys, we want you be to be able to hit you know units and buildings. Um, so we're trying, but also our 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 terrain rules are preventing us from doing anything good. We got the Titanic <laughs> monster, or is it we got the Titanic or monster keyword? Just measure from the model. I think that's. I think boom, yeah. boom, it. done. 40k fixed. Um, then, then you might have like weird modeling for advantage, where you have like chain swords hooked and like out. You know so what? You already or, can. Or, well, I mean, it's it is a real issue with guys like Mortarian and Magnus that have gigantic friggin' wingspans that go way beyond their base, and they so, should be able to kill dudes anywhere. And they fly, by I, the way, so it doesn't really matter for them. Yes, <laughs> but it's it's more an issue of, you know, I'm deployed in my deployment zone, I move forward, my base extent, my wing extends three inches beyond my base, so right, I roll fair. a two on my charge, but that still completes well, it. Well, here's here's another, here, here's where here's where well, the hardest thing is, like, you look at, like, the Sarasus Knight Lancer, for example, he's got a giant lance, mm, and you can yeah. model him so it's, like, ten, you know, eight inches or ten inches ahead of him, and yeah. you could just have him, like, poke a character. I deploy in my deployment <laughs> zone into close combat with your deployment zone. Enjoy. Like, these guys are also supposed to be the biggest, scariest, That's most, true. like, omnipotent things on the tabletop. So, like, why? Like, it just, I don't yeah, know. It, it, it would seem to make I, more I sense that they could, they could kill more things in a greater range than not be able to kill anything. So. Yeah, no, I, I agree. The not being able to get into ruins is stupid, the problem is there's not an easy solution to it. What did we do in 7th? What was 7th? I've already forgotten. Uh, you could, walkers could get into ruins. The problem that created was knights climbing onto the top floor of ruins. Okay, and that's a bit silly, I guess. Yeah, and that's the problem, is any solution you create has another problem attached to it. Oh, I already solved it. I, I don't know if you heard when I said, boom, I fixed 40k like that. It's oh, that's solved. true. I forgot that part. Yeah, yeah. I mean, although you did say some very intelligent things immediately afterwards, I mean, it's solved already. <laughs> yeah, so that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> 40K fixed well, guys, forever. 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 Um, aside from the Tabletop Gaming Expo in Toronto, Canada, what else is there to talk about? Um, that's pretty much it. I just I, I wanted to talk about the, the night stuff because I've been really excited for them. Um, and it's it's just an army that I've been I've been trying to run for, for over a year now. Um, and now we finally got a codex. So you mentioned uh, you mentioned offhand two storm surges, and my <laughs> my heart kind of twittered because because I loved running that stupid triple riptide two storm surge list. And uh, I have to say that this is really um, these knights are really calling to me. There, I mean, uh, yeah, I think well, two knight castellans. You can run two knight castellans and a knight gallant, and then you can just kit out the knight gallant to make him like the baddest knight in the land. Like, you know. <laughs> right? Uh, Sir Lancelot. Can, yeah, yeah. You can just get, kid him out. Sir Beats a lot. <laughs> Sir <Whoa>. Beats a lot. <laughs> there we go. Um, the the problem is is that even then, if even if you do that, you'll, you'll still be over 1,600 points, so you won't mm. be able to take two guard battalions. Mm. Yeah, right? that's a lot. Because mm. mm-hmm. it's 1,220 points to the two Castellans. And then What's the cheapest guard brigade? <laughs> one uh, the cheapest guard brigade it's over 600 is, it's oh, okay. it's like it's yeah the, now here's Could the it other be 600 
Yeah, it's a yeah, it's, it's the it's like your 600. heavy support slots. Well, no, because no, it'd be God, mortar what teams. is it? No, I guess it's the troops that really drag it down because you can't. Oh, really yeah, get a troop yeah, any faster six. than fifty. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no. Here's here's actually where where I think knights might do better is renegade knights. So the the Gatling cannon got cheaper, got twenty points cheaper. The rapid fire battle cannon stayed the same. Um, so you renegade knights if if they keep the same points costs that imperial knights do, which I don't see why GW wouldn't do that. Uh, they've already done that in the past, anyways. The renegade knights are essentially carbon copies of their imperial counterpart, so it, so it should be okay. Um, and Dolly, my dog, is agreeing with me here. Um, <laughs> you you can actually take renegade knights with two Gatling cannons. The Gatling cannons are already better than the rapid fire battle cannon. You can take two of them, so they're cheaper. Um, because the Gatling Cannon is already significantly cheaper than Rapid Fire Battle Cannon. Um, and then if you take a, uh, a three of them, you can actually, uh, I think Renegade Battalions are cheaper than Guard Battalions, because I think they have a cheaper HQ choice. So you could probably run uh, a Renegade Brigade or uh, two Renegade Battalions and three Renegade Knights, just because they're cheaper. Um, I yes. I don't I don't have the points exactly on the nose, but if a if a Gatling cannon is fifty five points less than a rapid fire battle cannon, then you're essentially cutting mm-hmm. off fifty five points per night. You, so you're saving you, yourself one hundred and sixty five yeah, points. Gotta I mean, buy the, you've got to buy the heavy flamer too. Oh, that's but seven. Also, so it's, that's thirteen more like, points because we don't know how they'll errata the the renegade knights in the index. Right, like, it's a bit yeah, tinfoil hatty at this moment. It is but, true. It, this is all but speculation. Yeah, let's all this is, this is pure speculation. Uh, however, what's not speculation is that like a super heavy detachment plus a battalion is uh, just right there. That's eleven command points. Yes, mm-hmm. right. I mean that's not that's not no command points, and you got Kurov's Aquila. I mean, yeah. like that's that's still lots to work with. Yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah. And you can give one of the warlord traits. I think there's one knight warlord trait that gives you a command point for free. Um, yes, I so you can take that too. Uh, and then you know it, you know what Val you're right there there is definitely room in in a list for two knight castellans a, a guard detachment and a, a knight gallant like that's that's a very real list that someone could run and that's actually really terrifying right Sir beats a lot will stride into the future yeah Sir, yeah. Sir beats a lot can just can just wail on on characters <laughs> and demon print actually I think demon princes are strength seven yep. I don't even know why we're talking about castellans here guys I mean. It, it's all about five uh, gallons, which apparently you can't do. No, you can't, because 2,000 points, unless you guys want to run 2,200-point lists. <laughs> the don't, new meta. Don't tempt anyone. Right. I, I'm creating Heffel Comp right now. Oh, God. Actually, 200 points. That, that should, a tournament should just do that. They should just do, uh, um, they should just do three, ra- three turns three turns and then just model their missions around three turns so you're just front loading all of your points <laughs> wow and then just do like 2500 point lists can we and just uh, being like we okay guys game ends on turn three points just for some sort of weird <laughs> synchronicity <laughs> sure sure but, but the, we're spitballing here guys that, yeah, that might actually yeah. be a, I, that'd be a tournament format i'd be willing to try is um just instead oh, of five man. turns it's three turns and then that just front be... load everyone's points how many times can we fix 40k it. in one conversation? It's unbelievable. It's like five There's or no six limit. times. <laughs> we're done. We're we're doing this. We're we're, <laughs> uh, we're all right. All right, guys. Well, I think that's pretty much it. Um, is there any other things you guys want to talk about in terms of releases or anything else um, that anyone would want to hear about at this point? Probably not. Go buy your LVO tickets. <laughs> Go buy your LVO tickets, guys. 
Sean, thank you very much for coming on. Val, thank you very much for coming on as well. My pleasure. Um, Thanks for having me. Uh, for those of you guys who want to know more information, of course, you guys can always email me, frontlinegamingpdpop at gmail.com. I- I'm also going to uh, eventually, sometime this month, uh, release a Patreon. Um, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, people have been saying that they would be willing to donate. Um, I'm, I'm going to see what we can do. Um, and then we'll probably do something like a private Facebook group where you guys can talk to any of the co-hosts and myself. Um, you guys can hit us up, talk about lists or, or whatever if you're a Patreon supporter. Um, and then we'll probably use the Patreon money to to fund, you know, getting us out to events. I, I feel like um, we might we might use it to also to to pay off the um, the super expensive recording software fee of a five dollar month. Um, so if one of you guys wants to chip in five dollars a month and and take care of that, um, that is the reason why the audio hasn't been terrible and why I've been able to balance volumes on people a lot better. Um, but I think uh, uh, your my tabletop gaming expo pitch and your your uh, Patreon pitch we got to work on them. I think so. <laughs> I, it's, I've always been uncomfortable asking for money. <laughs> we'll find a good reason. <laughs> we'll see. But anyways, guys, that's the show. Uh, have a good one.